The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. So, welcome in. Making the Green Fantasy Football Podcast. We've got Uncle Tony, Crazy Legs. What's going on? And we're here to talk a little fantasy football. All right, all right, all right. It's that time, ladies and gentlemen, for Making the Green Fantasy Football Podcast. You got Uncle Tony here with Crazy Legs. What's up, Crazy Legs? What's going on? What's going on? Man, we got a big night tonight. You know, we're going to turn it on its on its end. We're going to see which end gets dipped in the flower. Tonight is the mock draft. We're going to see what we think uh, as you go through your drafts, where you should be thinking about picking some players. We're going to talk about that tonight and get into it here in just a couple of minutes. Um, it is early on the last week of the season before we get to game week. Uh, the preseason is a not officially over. It'll be officially over here in another few days uh, before to games with game week. But uh, no more uh, preseason games. Big cut day tomorrow uh, on Tuesday, five Eastern. Uh, so lots of uh, lots of things happening tomorrow. So make sure you're looking out there. We'll try to get you the information we can for you. But uh, Jake, what uh, what kind of news you got out of camp? today yeah so we we had to take a couple days off from our last recording uh just that's my fault uh i just want to give a shout out to the people of charleston that are listening great city um and then uh but we're back recording now this is monday on the 29th so we've had some pretty decent news since then and especially today uh so jimmy g did officially make the move that we all thought was coming and that was to sign resign no, i'm just kidding we all thought he was leaving uh but he did officially resign with san francisco for a one-year deal he is i believe became the highest paid backup in nfl history so uh great insurance policy for trey lance there um damian pierce uh for the houston texans had has had a great preseason so far um really showed out and uh, of course they came out with the very strategic move of not naming him the official starter <laughs> Um, and so, uh, we just want to make sure you all, you all still don't listen to, to this news. And he is the top guy to draft. If you are drafting a Houston Texans running back, um, Brian Robinson had the unfortunate news there for Brian Robinson that he was, uh, I was caught in an armed robbery and was shot twice in the leg. Um, right now they haven't made a decision yet on how much time he's going to miss, but the good news there obviously is that he is, uh, stable and healthy, um, or recovering, I should say. Um, so, but who knows, maybe he can come back. I, I don't, I am not fortunate or unfortunate enough to have been dealt with uh, a gunshot wound. And so I do not know what that timetable looks like. Modern medicine is just crazy, I guess. So, um, hoping for the best there for, that's right. That's right. Um, some other news I thought that was valuable for fantasy out there is both Rams running backs, um, were back today at practice. So that's acres and Henderson. We're both back at a full practice today. So they're looking like they're getting geared up and ready for week one. Um, the Jaguars traded uh, LaVisca Chenault to the Panthers today for a future 2023 pick. We don't know exactly what how, how high up, but 
Um, this is this is big news, I think, for mainly for uh, Christian Kirk as that that wide receiver core um, gets a little less muddy out there with him and Zay Jones, I believe, the the new free agents they acquired yeah. in the offseason. Um, but yeah, LaVisca goes over to, to uh, the Panthers, probably going to be the, the slot man or, or battle with Terrence Terrace Marshall for the slot receiving role with Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore on the outside. But um, and then Sony Michelle was released from the Dolphins. So. He is officially see a free agent. Somewhere. I'm sure we'll see him end up somewhere just like the Rams, yeah. like he was with the Rams last year. Some Super Bowl contending teams needing some some cheap veteran depth at the running back position. It's always helpful. And then uh, the only other news I wanted to mention was Kadarius Tony for the Giants is still dealing with the leg injury. Um, they're saying he's hopeful for week one. Um, but if anything, it, it maybe is making you push a little more the Wandale route if, you're, if you are going to try to – take a risk and draft a Giants wide receiver. Um, <laughs> but he is still battling that leg injury, but they're hopeful for week one. So yeah. that's all we got. There you go. Let somebody else take that risk for the uh, Giants receiver. Get somebody on a waiver wire from the Giants if you have to, if, if things actually turn for them. I, I, you know, we'll just see. We're not very high on them, but uh, uh, that new head coach did wonders in uh, Beefalo, so we'll just have to see what happens. Um, Jake, I have two things on that news uh, uh, real quick. So Jimmy G staying at San Francisco, does that give you, does that impact anything for where you were thinking you would draft Trey Lance? Or is this just a situation of play and keep away? We really didn't want to give Jimmy G to the Seahawks or somebody who could hurt us somewhere, somewhere else down the line. I think they're very much just playing keep away. I think they were of the, of the side that, Hey, we think he's going to be a great backup. So we're not going to give him up cheap for no reason. Uh, They signed him for, Obviously, most expensive backup in his infield history, but not probably super cheap for a starting QB somewhere. So, if people weren't ponying up the the trade value for him, I, I I'm sure that's what they were thinking is that they let's keep him and save him for another year. Something will happen in the off or during the season possibly, or maybe the trade market will will blow up next year for him. So, yep, yep. yep. And the only other thing I the 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 it's interesting the uh, Lavisca Chenault trade. Um, he's got some value. Uh, the only thing I, but it's not, I don't know that he's draftable. I think you said Terrace Marshall is the one he would, uh, uh, compete for. I really think that Robbie Anderson, if you were looking at being, uh, at Robbie Anderson, who is draftable in, in some bigger drafts, if you're an 18 to 20 round draft with a, uh, six to eight person bench, uh, Robbie Anderson normally gets drafted. Uh, I'm not sure about that now. I, I think he kind of drifts down. Uh, with LaVisca and Terrace there, I, I think that's that's going to be tough. And Robbie is probably the one that's sitting on the outside of that. We'll see. But uh, uh, it it certainly uh, uh, could be good news <laughs> for Baker Mayfield. I hate to say that. But anyway, uh, good luck. Good luck to LaVisca. I, I like him as a player. So uh, anyway, so that's it for the news today. So <laughs> takes us to the... First ever making the green mock draft. So I want to uh, give a little bit of uh, preview here for what we're doing. We're using uh, we're using a software that just does a straight mock draft for um, uh, for players with a PPR background. And so we're going to do a twelve round mock draft uh, because after the thirteenth round, you're really starting to pick up deeper benches, and we've got a limited amount of time. We want to give you. Uh, the information that you need for these first 12 rounds. That's really where uh, the green is made. So uh, we want to give you that. And uh, so we'll go through it. And what we'll do 
uh, what we'll do tonight is we'll go through the uh, the auto draft is going to draft through some positions. Crazy Legs has drawn position number five, and Uncle Tony has drawn position number ten. Um, I don't have that position in any of my any of my other drafts that I'm in, but. I don't want to, you know, we may have a few friends of the podcast that I may draft with here in a couple of weeks, and I really don't want to give away anything that I may or may not be doing in the other positions that I have. So uh, what we'll do is, uh, but it also, for those of you out there, that gives this gives you kind of an idea what to do in the middle of the draft and what to do at one of the corners of the draft. The 10 position is sometimes kind of tough to draft out of. You're not in the in the turn. You've got four picks between your your. Uh, first and second picks, and then a significant one. So we'll talk about that as we go through and give you some strategy about that as as things go on. So what we'll do is we're going to start the clock. Um, like I said, uh, uh, Jake is is drafting at position number five, and I'm drafting at position number 10. And we'll talk about the different positions that get uh, that get drafted in between and, and any surprises that we might have as we go through. Otherwise, we're going to, we're going to go fairly quickly uh, through these uh through these numbers and uh and just let you know who's getting picked where and we'll we'll go from there jake sound good sounds great all right crazy legs i'm going to start the clock and wouldn't you know it boom first pick up jonathan taylor running back for the indianapolis colts next off the board christian mccaffrey uh not on not not a surprise there next uh the next draft uh choice Austin Eckler, which has been coming up the draft board quite a bit. Uh, interesting pick there. The next one up uh, from here we've got coming up. There's the man, Cooper Cup. And that leaves us with crazy legs on the board. So Taylor, McCaffrey, Eckler, and Cup uh, with Prestige Worldwide on deck. What do you think yep. here, Jake? Where are you at? Is this where you expected to be? What are you looking at right here? Yeah, this is exactly what you expect to see, I think, after those first four picks. I think the first these first four so you're basically seeing two tiers here. I think the first two picks are always gonna be Taylor and McCaffrey if you're league, unless you have some crazy league mates out there. Um, or you're playing in some free league and people aren't caring. But if you do care, <laughs> these are the two you should definitely be taking at the top two. You can make a case for both, as you've heard in our later episode or past episodes. Um, Austin Eckler, I actually have him ranked third as well for myself. Um, I just and you'll see this as we move throughout the boards. Um, some previous mocks I've done. Um, people get real scared as they get into those later rounds, what we call that RB dead zone. They really want to catch that first one as soon as they can. And Eckler is definitely a good has a good case against Cooper Cup and and uh, some of the other guys you'll see in this first round to be that number three slot. So I like that pick actually. And then same with Cooper Cup. I mean, for what he did last year, he deserves to be up here. He's been he's been up here all year. I think I feel like for the early mocks. So uh, not surprised to see this. The five, so I'm here at the five slot. I actually do not like this position whatsoever because of the decision it makes me make. Um, <laughs> But it's probably good if I'm doing it for you, the people. So, um, cause you're probably feeling the exact same way. Um, <laughs> so, so there's a couple of guys I'm looking at here. I'm looking at either, uh, Derek Henry, who I'm a big fan of, uh, Dalvin Cook, um, these top running backs that are still there that can really, uh, anchor you down at the position. Um, but I, I'm going to actually going to take somebody that I'm a huge fan of, and that's Mr. Justin Jefferson. Um, I think he's got the, the chops to be possibly the wider or the wide receiver one this year. 
Um, he's so close last year. Uh, I think he's going to be a breakout star for us uh, in my draft team. So I'm going to take Justin Jefferson here and hope that he becomes that wide receiver one that we know he can be. Boom. There it is. Justin Jefferson. That's a, um, you know, that's a, that's an interesting pick. I, you can't argue with it. I, I think that sets your draft. So, uh, good explanation, Gary. Taking uh, you're taking a top tier. What we had uh, as a one one a uh, in that tier. A little bit of argument about that, but uh, here we go. We'll keep re- going down here with the um, with the number six pick. Uh, we've got there goes Derrick Henry. I suspect what we'll see next is our 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 good buddy uh, our good buddy Dalvin Cook. Yeah, yeah. There goes Dalvin. Um, Dalvin's off the board. Next, next we've got Najee Harris. That's a little bit of a surprise. Um, some folks have him ranked a little bit lower than that. We we'll talk about that here in a second. Mm-hmm. And then there's that next bef- right before uh, Uncle Tony can get him. Jamar Chase, the uh, the the top wide receiver. Uh, goes off the board. So let's count this down. We had Derrick Henry at the six, uh, just as we uh, expected. Dalvin Cook at the seven, just as we expected. And then Najee Harris. So, Jake, tell me, I'm a little surprised. Uh, Najee is still getting drafted here in the uh, before the turn uh, in a draft. I'm not sure that's where I would like to dra- uh, draft Najee in that position. Uh, I am going to – I would have been looking for him. Uh, if I were in the 11 or 12 coming through, but I'm not sure about that uh, Najee pick there. What do you think? Uh, I actually like the pick. I'll, I'll say I'm okay with that pick. It's just because I see him as the same tier of the running backs that were still there um, with uh, Kamara, Mixon, um, Swift, some of those guys. Um, I think he really showed up last year as a rookie, and so I think people are really banking on that popularity. That's what they know of him as the – great stud Ricky last year that had over 300 plus carries I believe and all the receptions I think what what we're seeing though is those that really dive deep into fantasy or this is a, this is gonna be a different offense from last year obviously because Big Ben's no longer there uh, Mitch Trubisky is gonna at least be able to throw the ball maybe a little further than five yards to Najee Harris um, so that's possible and then who Kitty Pickett can do the exact same thing so not it doesn't matter even who's starting I don't see Najee catching 100 plus balls or getting close to that um, or whatever he had last year. Um, but I still like the pick. It's not. It's not. It's not considered a reach in my book. So, okay. Well, here since here sits Uncle Tony, and uh, you know I am uh, looking at my board. I still have one with Dalvin Cook being in that that uh, second tier outside of Taylor and McCaffrey. I've still got one more. Uh, running back in that tier with me and we've talked about him and uh i i just can't see now that with cup jefferson and and chase gone i think we're we've div- uh we've driven into another tier of the wide receiver and so as we talked earlier when we were uh doing our uh rankings and we, we may not be exact with our rankings but uh we're going to try to stay within those tiers I would rather go with the running, the higher running back, a lower running back in a higher tier than a um, a higher wide receiver in a lower tier. So this will set me probably for coming around that corner. And from this position, I'm drafting Joe Mixon, running back 
for those Cincinnati Bengals. I think that's the that's the pick there. What do you think, Jake? Yeah, I think I think that's absolutely the pick. Um, I think it's a toss up between him, Adams, and Diggs. But like you said, that's a good tier break. I think between Chase, uh, Jefferson, and Cup. Um, going to those next wide receivers, yep. especially with there being more depth there later on. Um, I'm I if if I get the right running back to fall for fall to me, I'm I'm definitely running back heavy, running back favorable in the first three rounds. Um, that's just not how it worked out for me here at five, and I'm happy with that. But uh, a running back is definitely going to be the highest choice you'll see throughout these first three rounds. So it's a good pick. Yep, I'm with you. All right, well, uh, well, good deal. So uh, TYA. Or uh, Uncle Tony, as he's known to you guys, has taken Joe Mixon. Uh, after that, um, uh, we have the uh, Devontae Adams, then Alvin Kamara, Nick Chubb, and Stefan Diggs uh, rounded out the horn there. And um, so a little bit surprised there. Well, not really. Figured I was kind of hoping that perhaps Stefan Diggs would make it back to me. Uh, at 2.03, I know that was a little bit of a hope. Uh, hope is not a strategy. But sir, certainly with Nick Chubb going right there, who I'm not quite as high on as some of the other experts are uh, in these drafts, just beca- in a PPR draft especially because of the lack of, of catches that he has out of the backfield. Or not lack of, just not a high high amount there. And with um, – uh, and, and with uh, – you know, the premium that we place upon uh, that in these first two, three rounds for PPR situations for running backs. I'm a little surprised with Nick Chubb uh, right there. But I think that's, you know, Devontae Adams, uh, as we talked about, new situation going to be interesting. Stefan Diggs, I think, is a great pick there at 202. I think if you come out of the turn with Stefan Diggs and one of the tier running backs, I think you're in, in shape. I will say the 12 team in this in this mock draft, took Alvin Kamara and Nick Chubb and all of that probably was the tops on his board. I do not recommend those two combined. And and here's why I think as we talked, Alvin Kamara is kind of on the downslide of his, of of where he's at. And you're really depending upon him being able to pick up all of those uh, targets. And Nick Chubb is going to be playing uh, with uh, not his preferred quarterback for the first 11 games of the year. That's and right. so uh, I, I don't know that his uh, he has that much value sitting there. And so I, that's two big risks. And one of the things we've talked about, Jake, and you said this earlier, you certainly may not win your uh, league in the first two rounds, but you can certainly lose it. And so that's a that's a risky two picks right there in first and second. And I think if that were me and not the computer, I probably would have split that with Stefan Diggs instead of Nick Chubb. But I'm glad they didn't. So that's right. Uh, I'm glad they didn't. So now I'm sitting there, and this is where I think if you have, uh, if if there were a running back here that I was just crazy about, I think this is where I would I would might tilt a little bit and go running back, running back. Um, but with uh, this many running backs off, and I've got a solid RB one, I may not want to leave this second round since I'm at the end here. It's going to be a long time coming back, and if I miss out on a one of this uh, second tier wide receivers uh, that are available, I could be in trouble coming back around, and I could be looking at missing out on that. And so, um, you know, some of the uh, running backs you could look at here uh, is DeAndre Swift, 
Uh, Aaron Jones, certainly maybe a little early for that because of the RB by committee that may be going on in Green Bay. Uh, certainly, uh, you couldn't be uh, faulted for that. I think it's Saquon Barkley is sneaking up a little bit, but still, um, it, it's the Giants, and there's some question marks about that. However, over on the other side, we've got um, two guys that I really think are quality uh, wide receivers right here, and that's T. Higgins and C.D. Lamb. And I think for me, C.D. Lamb being the guy, the head honcho, numero uno uh, for that offense, I think is why that's that's who rises above for me in this particular situation. And before I take Debo or Tyreek or T, I think um I think I'm really looking here at C.D. Lamb, and that's who I take. That's who I take off the board, uh, the board here. Now that's a little bit of a reach for some folks, but I really, I really like the 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 fact of the of the athleticism that he brings, the um, being that number one wide receiver on what's going to be a a pretty a, a pretty healthy offense. I really, I really like that. And now I'm balanced. I'm still, I'm still in a situation where I can, um, I can do anything I want here in the next couple of rounds. Yeah, no, I, I agree with the pick. I think he is the pick. Um, that him or one of those running backs you mentioned. Um, I think in this in this first three rounds, I think the perfect way it could go if it all fell perfectly for me is I'm looking for probably two solid running backs and one solid wide receiver. I know being back there at the ter- at the turn at ten, um, you you're that's where you have to reach the most because there's it's a long way before they all come back to you. So. If there's a guy out there that you think is a real difference maker, um, I, I have no problem with you going and getting him. So I think it's a great pick. Yeah. Good, good. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, so I, I'm with you there. So going up the line, the next one taken was DeAndre Swift, one of those running backs we were talking about there. Then this is where some wild cards can start to to get in. This is uh, in this particular one. This is where randomness starts to take over. And uh, not that this is random, but this next pick, Travis Kelsey, is where you can start to come out of the norm uh, for that number one uh, tight end. And as we talked about, he's really more of a wide receiver than a tight end in this particular situation uh, for this year. He is the number one target for that uh, for that offense. And then next up was Josh Allen. Now, I have seen in the mock drafts on other systems, Josh Allen continues to move from a fourth round to a third round. And now we see him here at the, the 206, I believe this is. That's pretty high uh, in a PPR draft that I've seen for Josh Allen. Now we'll play in. I play in a league that is pretty, uh, pretty quarterback heavy, and he is probably the number one draft pick in any kind of quarterback heavy or super flex league that you might be in. I think Josh Allen is definitely that guy. But first running back, a uh, first quarterback off the board. But man, awful early for me. And then the next guy up at uh, two o two o seven, which Jacobs got to like, is Saquon Barkley. <laughs> going off the board so he doesn't have to think about taking him uh and right. uh, so that puts that puts uh crazy legs on the board uh so crazy legs what are you thinking here at this two uh this 208 pick yeah that was a great summer there of all those guys that just went uh this is exactly where you predict for someone to reach on the tight end this is definitely pretty high i think that you'll you'll ever see a qb taken in your drafts but you just never know and then I, I agree with you just going back a little bit. I agree with you on the Nick Chubb analysis there. I don't 
I think he's definitely more of a back end or back end round two or top end round three, just because of the the non PPR value he provides uh, with Cream Hunt being there as well. So, um, so yeah, moving on to my picks with my first round pick being Justin Jefferson, and like I've said. I really want to try to come out of here with uh, an RB or wider, or at least two RBs or two stud wide receivers if that's what falls to me. Um, and right here, still in second round, you're looking at a bunch of great guys. Um, there's some in particular that I think really have that still ability to be a true game changer, especially with some more news we've been getting out of camps and whatnot. Um, I know everyone is super, super worried about uh, – the committee of possibilities there. Uh, but I really like Aaron Jones here. Um, I think he's going to still get his, I think if anything, he's going to be looking at a, a high receptions uh, count this year with the lack of uh, maybe um, superstar depth at wide receiver with Adams leaving. Um, so I think it's going to definitely be more of a spread the ball around. Um, and, and Jones is one of their best athletes. So I'm definitely on board with him. And that gives me my first running back uh, to pair with a, a top wide receiver. So all right, so it's Aaron Jones. That's that's great. I I like that pick. I really thought I really thought you might be leaning uh, towards uh, Debo there uh, to try I to come have in hot. So a lot of love for him, but I I think at where I was at now, I think that's where I needed to go to get that stud running back. I truly needed for the, for this five hole. Yeah, I I agree, and uh, there's no doubt about it. I I I think you're. Absolutely correct. There's no, I don't have any problem with Aaron Jones right there. I would have had Aaron Jones, like I said, if I hadn't look, been looking at that uh, uh, that CD Lamb right there. I think that that would have been the pick for me. Uh, so I, I, I'm I'm with you on that. Yeah, I agree. I agree, especially again, and that's we'll get into it more as the draft goes on. Um, but we'll see in later rounds how this really pays out pays off i think you'll truly see the the true value may have choosing that that tiebreaker of knowing that the running backs really drop off after the third round i think um that we'll see we'll see how how it lands so yeah now what if they what if that had flipped what if they had taken aaron jones uh before you and you had to choose between saquon barkley and one of those other wide receivers what would you have done that probably would have been really close for me um because it wasn't just Debo I was considering against Aaron Jones. Um, I was actually considering Leonard Fournette a little bit, even though I know that that line is banged up somewhat, but he is a good passing down back for Tom Brady that we've seen last year. And I, I believe he's going to be doing quite a bit of check downs with, uh, with that, the way that line could be busted up in the rest of that receiving core. But I think Leonard Fournette has shown the last couple of years, he does have that capability of being a top 12 back. And so it was either going to be him um I, I really like Javante Williams this year, but I know that if I take him, my only chance to get him is right there, but that's still too much for a reach, I think, for me um, with Leonard Fournette sitting there. So it probably would have been one of those three running backs, just knowing that I really like the wide receivers later on in the draft. Okay. Yeah, I, I, could, I could agree with that. And um, certainly, uh, certainly don't have a, don't have a problem. Don't have a problem with that. So, um, all right. So let's, um, uh, from there to here and back again, as our friends, the hobbits would say, or something like that. Uh, <laughs> Debo did go next, uh, then Tyree kill Mark Andrews, and then Javante Williams did close out the s- bottom of the second round two twelve. really. Um, I'm, I'm just not that big on Javante and I'm probably missing the boat on this, 
second-year running backs that can't shake off a RBBC. I'm just scared of that in the second round, and people could say, well, what do you think Aaron Jones is? And so, But Aaron Jones is going to catch more passes than Javante will, I think. Uh, I agree Russell with that. Wilson, that's just not that kind of quarterback. And so then yeah. coming up, a 301 is uh, who Jacob was just talking about, uh, Leonard Fournette. That's probably – Anywhere in the third round, I think Leonard Fournette is good value uh, for what you're getting. Remember, you're not you're looking for that production, that good solid floor uh, with some ceiling there in these in these first rounds, and Fournette gives you that. Then the next three hundred two, Patrick Mahomes, uh, the the random machine kicked in, and the next the next quarterback off the board, which is where you'll see sometimes PPR uh, quarterbacks come in, in the third round. Mahomes, there is interesting that he went in before. Uh, Herbert or a couple other ones. That's that's been come somewhat uh, interesting. And as Jake said, there's never been a better value for Patrick Mahomes than this year. Then Mike Evans <laughs> and Ke- Mike Evans and Keenan Allen uh, were the next two uh, wide receivers taken, and that's taken them into that uh, into that next tier of wide receiver. And so now here we are, Prestige Worldwide at the 305. What do you think, Jake? Yeah. So this. It's not a hard pick for me still. Um, just looking at there's two running there's two running backs that I think are, are still available before you see that really true drop off um, and where we hit that dead zone. Um, so I really want to avoid that. So I know I'm probably going to take one of those two running backs, but I really hate to see uh, Mike Evans and Keenan Allen going off the board right before I me. Mean, probably more Mike Evans and Keenan Allen. Mike Evans is I'm a big fan of his this year. Um, so I was really hoping he would make it back to me, but this is probably what you're seeing in most mocks lately is, is him going in that late second, early third range. Um, so yeah, so just looking at my, my draft board and, uh, my rankings that I have in front of me. And again, we love the tiers here. We recommend them highly. Um, I'm looking at them, looking at it. Basically, I have a huge drop in tiers all of a sudden for any of the running backs that could possibly make it back to me. Um, so there's only two still sitting here that I would consider. Uh, one of them is Ezekiel Elliott. Um, I think this is great value for Zeke in the third round to be your tr- to be a number two running back. I don't think Z- anyone's ever drafted Ezekiel Elliott to be their number two running back. Um, I think last year he was just a little banged up. He was dealing with a little bit of injuries, um, but he's still a very comparable um, running back and has been an RB one for most of his career, I believe. Um, so you'd love to see that at the RB two. Um, and then James Conner is the other guy I'm considering here. He showed the big boom value when they we had the big workload last year. I think they trust him even more this year to handle that. Um, and especially as not my RB1, but as my RB2, I think that's great value. So I'm, I'm taking a little bit of that risk away from him um, with him being my RB2. Um, but those are the two guys I'm considering here. And with the recent news we got about the Cowboys and um, their tackle Smith, Tyrone. Is it Tyrone? Tyrone mm-hmm. Smith? Tyrone Smith, um, yeah. With him being down now from probably what it's looking like most of the most of the year, if not till after December, I think that's just enough of a tiebreaker for me to be going with James Conner here. So that is my selection, and that's going to be James Conner. James Conner. There you go. Well, I think it's a good pick. It's interesting. I, those are the two guys I would have been looking at right there as well. Uh, I, I don't think you can be faulted on either one of those. I and Zeke actually just went with the next pick, and so um, mm-hmm. we've got a a guy on the board that we'll talk about here in a second um, with three running backs, which uh, sometimes oh that one hurt me. And then um, <laughs> you, you know because th- that's what happens when you get some randomness in the draft, and you've got flex positions. We'll talk about that in just a second. Um, is mm-hmm. you know when you've got a flex, 
normally you think, okay, you're going to draft two running backs and two wide receivers. You're going to be balanced coming out and you've, and you've drafted your starters. And so, uh, but that's not always the case when you've got flex positions in this particular league, we were talking about having two flexes. So just want to talk about this for a second before, uh, uncle Tony drafts. So we have two teams now that take, that took three running backs in their first three picks. And at the tar- at 101, uh, 212 and 301, Jonathan Taylor, Javante Williams, and Leonard Fournette. And one of those will be a flex. And then uh, the two, the 106, 207, and the 306 took Derrick Henry, Saquon Barkley, and Ezekiel Elliott. So th- that's that's kind of the opposite zero running back uh, uh, theory. And yeah. But all three of those running backs that they've gotten were in those top three tiers and so with the flex position, it allows you to do that. So what I'd want the listeners to understand is draft to value. Um, I personally like to draft a value within tiers uh, as I go through. But you can draft a value regardless of position, regardless of tier. And so we see we've got a couple of teams that may be doing that right now. So um, interesting, interesting uh, concept. We'll talk about more about that when we go through the fourth round. We see where we're at. So, uh, so after uh, James Conner said Zeke Elliott went uh, next, so they were just waiting on Jacob to decide what he was going to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Michael Pittman, damn it, uh, yeah, really thought he was going to get to me. Um, uh, the hype's been built up way too much. It's yep. you're, then, he's never uh, going to make it. That's right. <laughs> Better Mike Williams, though. And then Justin Herbert uh, went in after that, uh, the third quarterback taken. Um, Surprised he wasn't the second quarterback taken. And then A.J. Brown for the Philadelphia Eagles was taken next. So, honestly, uh, I was really worried when I saw Michael Pittman come off the board because I really thought the guy that I was targeting here uh, was not going to make it. And uh, and we talked about this, uh, and, and sometimes this happens. When I do rankings, you know, I'm doing rankings based upon what I see is happening, what I see doing and what my favorites. I look a little bit at strength of schedule. I look a little bit at what their position is. And sometimes these things happen where you say, oh, what a great deal for me. But um, so with, with uh, Herbert being in there, this has opened up to the pick that I was actually considering with CD Lamb up in the second up in the second round is part of my tier, and that's T Higgins. Now T Higgins, I as we talked when we were doing rankings, Jamar Chase, phenomenal athlete. T Higgins though has a little more experience, and as as he's gotten more experience with uh, with uh, Burrow, uh, Joe Burrow, I think he's actually maybe the one receiver this year. They're one and one A, and so. It's still a risk, so I'm taking risk here. But but definitely in that offense, um, it it is a it is a good floor. Now, there the only thing that would make me hesitate is Uncle Tony. You've got Joe Mixon. Why would you want the running back one and the wide receiver one? Well, the only reason I would do that at this point in time is if I've got a significant difference in the value that I see for a player. And right here for our, in our draft, I've got T. Higgins uh, up at um, uh, overall number twenty-five in a in a higher tier than my next wide receiver that I could take, which could be either D.J. Moore or Cortland Sutton, because you know I'm not going to consider Mike Williams. And um, and so you've got there. And then, as Jacob said, we have somewhat entered 
the very edge of the running back dead zone. Now, I do think Travis Etienne right here is certainly someone that you could pick up and say, okay, if you want to stay balanced and stay off of that lean into Cincinnati, you could certainly do that. You could go to and say J.K. Dobbins. But now I think you've really started to slip off into, okay, this is this is true running back by committee uh, category. It's not just somebody who's going to have a third third down running back that's going to take some uh, take some uh, targets away from you because from all reports, James Robinson is going to be well enough to play, if not week one, week two, and is going to impact Etienne some for him to what I would consider here. So with that and the difference between DJ Moore uh, or Cortland Sutton and and T Higgins, who I think we'll see what happens to this turn. I certainly may be able to pick up one of those two guys on this turn. I am going to go for, um, I am going to go for my man, T Higgins wide receiver, Cincinnati. And I am, I am on the tilt. I'm on the tilt, man. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think, Jake? I mean, the, the, you mentioned his name earlier as your almost your second round pick. And I, I was about to say, Thank you for me drafting behind you because uh, you just pushed everybody. <laughs> you just pushed everyone down a slot or up a slot. And I like it because I, I think that is way too way too early for T Higgins. But this is the exact time where you see him going is the middle to late third round. I think that's where he should be going. If you give him later, then congrats. Um, my big thing is I, I have no problem with pairing a, a, a top running back and top wide receiver for an offense, especially a, an offense you expect a high scoring offense from. Um, I think what I have a huge question about, and this is for those that could be drafting in that, that 9, 10 range or just whatever range we're looking at here where you're seeing a possibility of Jamar Chase staring you down in the first round and then this value of T. Higgins coming back to you in the third how do you how do you personally feel about drafting Jamar Chase and T Higgins? Do you stay away from it no matter what, or is that the tiebreaker for you between maybe a couple guys if T Higgins is still there? What do you think about that? So let me let me ask to make sure I understand. Are you saying putting both Chase and Higgins on your team? Yes, like you. So you have drafted Jamar right. Chase in the first round because it was good value where we saw him going at yeah. the eight. I think that's good value. I think that's where he should be going. Um, but let's say you did that, and then you have T Higgins come right comes right back around to you at the, in the third, being one of your top guys. Do you do you go the both wide receivers on a team, or do you move on? I, I think you can do it for certain. And there's only certain times where you have uh, teammates that can do this. And I think last year, Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, because you just didn't know Cooper Cup was going to explode like that. Um, those are guys that maybe you can do that with. Um, normally, Justin Jefferson or Adam Thielen before Justin Jefferson exploded. Um, and, you know, there was talk. I mean, he was a, had a phenomenal uh, rookie campaign. But... I don't like to do the two positions together unless I'm I consider it a handcuff. If Chase goes down, then Higgins is going to explode. They're both going to be solid, but here's the risk. When they run into a defense that shuts down the passing game, your two of your top three uh positions are out, right? They're out. And so for me, then the difference between running back and wide receiver, if a team shuts down your a passing game that normally means your running game is going to do well. Mm-hmm. If you shut down your running game, your passing game is going to do well. If you're always behind, you're going to get a lot of passes thrown. If you're always ahead, a lot of rushing. And so it it's a little bit of a balance. And so I, I, that's where I that's my difference maker. I don't think that I 
would want to draft Chase and Higgins together just because of that risk this high. Now, Chase and Boyd or Higgins and Boyd, Tyler Boyd, if you took Tyler late in a round, yes, because then that's more of a handicap and you're filling in that position. If either if something were to happen to either Chase or Higgins, Tyler Boyd becomes a much a much uh, a much more uh, a, a bigger player that you would want to have on the on the yes. line. Hopefully that makes sense. No, that makes sense. I agree with that, and yeah. I, I, that makes sense for Boyd as well. Just being the better, the much later pick, the better. So technically, the better value if he is uh, starter worthy. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So so here I am. Uh, that show us back on the board, and darn it, it almost almost got it. So it was almost. Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts was next, the third running, uh, third tight end off the board, getting a lot of. A lot of play out there. Um, a li- I think a little bit early uh, mm-hmm. for that pick. There's been a lot of talk. But then Cam Akers uh, off the board. I think that was a significantly early pick. Um, again, this is another guy that, that this this uh, team is really randomized, and he, he took another three running backs together there. But uh, he came back on the turn with Lamar Jackson. This team is really going to struggle with its wide receivers. Um, but we'll see. Uh, and then, doggone it, Travis Etienne went <laughs> at the uh, at the four oh two right in front of Uncle Tony. That would have been the perfect combination uh, for us to have. Very similar to what happened in the first two rounds with Mixon and Lamb, Higgins and Etienne would have been perfect. So now I think I truly have uh, I've almost dropped off into the into the dead zone. And so now what you've got to decide. Is okay. Do I want to wait uh, 16 picks or so for uh, a wide receiver that's going to be down in a, a tier, or do I want to wait 16 picks for a running back that's going to be down in a tier? And so this is so if if I can get someone who's at the top tier of, of the top of that next tier, and I'm st- and I'm out of my tiers of wide receivers, I think I'm going to go running back here. Um, mm-hmm. Just to, again, to this this team looks to be a balanced team and not necessarily, um, you know, wanting to tilt one way or another. Especially that I've already tilted with, with two two Bengals, so I'm just I'm trying to decide between Dobbins and Dylan here. I I think that to me is the next running back off the board. Both of which, from an ADP perspective, are probably higher than the next wide receiver I'd look here, which would be. Uh, DJ Moore or Cortland Sutton. Now, I don't expect either one of those, Moore or Sutton, to be left when I come back around because there was a lot of running backs drafted in front of me. And so, as and you guys can't see the grin that Jacob's got on his face, but they will not be there. They will not be there when they get <laughs> so, back to um, so. <laughs> so, anyway, so with that, I feel like it's still, I'm still deeper on the wide receiver side than I am on the running back side at this point. I haven't fallen off the precipice into the dead zone. So I am going to go here, and I and I'm I am going to trust that the man has uh, is recovered uh, from from the knee, and I'm taking J.K. Dobbins. What do you think, Jake? Yeah, I think um, that's your, that's a great pick for where you are. Like you're saying, you're right on that cusp of the dead zone. Um, a lot of these next picks are going to be guys that could still have. Uh, lots of volume, but there's still somebody sitting right behind them that's going to take something from them if they're not already in committee already. Um, 
J.K. Dobbins showed us the burst before the injury, showed us that he could, he has that potential to be a top 12 running back in this league, especially with the pass catching ability. Um, and so I, I, I like to pick, especially for your running back too, adding that um, maybe a little riskier, but a higher ceiling for sure, I think, as far as the running backs that were left. So I don't mind that pick at all. Well, there you go. Well, good. Well, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that, this is where, and, and I think it, uh, I think it, Really, this shines the light on the biggest decisions you'll make will be here in the fourth, fifth, sixth rounds. I think these are some significant decisions for your team for a draft right here. This is where don't go back to the bar until after round six. Try to keep that first beer. Okay, maybe the second beer. Nurse it as long as you can until you get past the sixth round because you really need to have your head about you in these in these these middle rounds fourth fifth and sixth so um between uh between the jk dobbins wonderful pick um we had david montgomery with the bears go which i we've you heard us that argument <laughs> i'm just not it's a no for me and then unfortunately dj moore which i think is where jacob was probably targeting then oh very interesting the the uh, the one oh uh, the one oh seven team takes Mike Williams, so he has the magical combination of Pittman and Williams on his team. <laughs> and then Deontay Johnson, which I think is a phenomenal pick, uh, right before Jacob. And so now, uh, Jake, you're on deck. Crazy legs with the uh, with the four uh, eight. What are you thinking? Yeah, um, so this is kind of exactly how i figured this was going to go this is why i really wanted to go that at least get two rbs in those first two rounds um because montgomery dobbins etienne those are really the last kind of guys i'm targeting um as far as uh these next couple rounds for these running backs um we keep keep talking about it but i think this is where you're having that dead zone where you're just going to have a hard time any running backs here returning that true good value but i love the receivers here uh, as as you were talking about me continuously shaking my head, seeing Pittman go off the board, which I expected anyway. I didn't expect him to come back to me anyways. But as soon as you did not take Mike Williams, it, the dream just got closer and closer of Mike Williams making it to me. Because um, I think I think he, deser- he deserves a third-round draft pick, possibly, just with the sheer upside and us knowing a AFC West powerhouse uh, division. I expect him to have a big year. Um, DJ Moore. Love him the best, the best floor in in the business, most likely besides Mike Evans, um, to get you those thousand yards receiving and a, a lot of receptions. And if the, we talked about it, the touchdowns can come to him. Uh, has a huge chance to finally jump into that top twelve uh, significantly. Deontay jo- Johnson's a PPR machine, um, so I, I like that pick here as well. But I am glad that my other guy fell to me. I'm going to dip my hands back or toes back into the AFC West, and I'm going with Cortland Sutton here. Um, I think is a big wide receiver to really round out my receiving core. Justin Jefferson, uh, I expect a big year from Cortland Sutton, um, and I'm really glad I took that James Conner pick over um, a wide receiver. Yeah, and and I'll say you know Cortland Sutton has become a much uh, a much more um, popular pick, and really has started to distance himself in the draft boards from Jerry Judy. I'm not sure that I agree with it. But certainly you can't argue with it because the people are speaking and that's what's happening with Cortland Sutton. So I think that's a um, that's a that's a very good pick there in the middle of the fourth round. No doubt about it. I I think you could definitely definitely go with that. So um, as these other picks come off the board, as we're trying to get around here in the fourth 
in the fourth round. So kind of just go over these with you. So uh, next off after Cortland Sutton, uh, we had uh, Terry, scary Terry McLaurin, then Josh Jacobs. Then we had Brees Hall, which is still, to me, I, we could have a discussion about that. But I, Brees Hall there in this bottom of the fourth is probably okay, but I'm just not wanting a piece of that. And then bottom of the fourth round, George Kittle came off, and that pretty much finishes up that uh, finishes up that uh, uh, tight end tier there in the fourth. What do you think about uh, Kittle going in the bottom of the fourth there, Jake? Yeah, I think that's where you're going to see him in most drafts around that fourth, fifth round range. Um, I again, I just once once Travis Kelsey and Andrews are off the board, I just don't really like the value of any of the tight ends until you get a little lower. Uh, Pitts Pitts typically being the th- worth a third round pick, Kittle worth a fourth. Um, I know, and, and as we we've talked about, um, you'll probably get to him here in a second. But Waller going in the fifth right before me. Um, I just think the the metrics show that they 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 can have the ability to finish top of their of their position, but being in the top of that position, you're really missing out on possibly a, a wide receiver running back that can really um, anchor your team. I think so. I'm not a huge fan of a mid round tight end unless Kelsey or, or Mark Andrews falls to the third. So, yeah, there you go. Well, that kind of uh, that kind of sets it up here. So, Jake. Uh, in front of you here in the top of the fifth round <clears throat> after Kittle, Jalen Waddle, DK Metcalf, Darren Waller, then Kyler Murray. Uh, we had our, our fourth, uh, fifth uh, quarterback off the board. Uh, what do you think about those picks before we get to yours at 5.05? Yeah, I think Kyler Murray I actually like a little more here, uh, especially a little. I like Kyler Murray a, l- a little more than Mahomes and Jackson, both who went a round or two ahead of him. Um, but Again, I'm not seeing the the true good value here. I think that how I treat the tight ends and quarterbacks is is all based on value, which you should do for every every player, but especially those positions even more because they're so close from the number one all the way to the or from the from the top three all the way throughout the entire top twelve. So unless you're getting that number one tight end or that number one QB, it's just not worth it. I think until you get down to the lower ranks. Um, so I'm glad, I'm glad to see them go there because that pushes some more of my guys to me and this draft is really following how I kind of want it to with me already having a good balance of two running backs, two wide receivers really opens it up for me. But again, we've hit that kind of zone where I just don't think there's any running back truly worth, I think this fifth round spot for me. Um, but again, I love the wide receivers in these ranges um, and there's a couple of particular I'm looking at. Um, I'm really, I'm really interested to see if, um, if Marquise Brown is a decent pick here, um, Allen Robinson getting a piece of that Rams offense. Um, but I think I'm gonna go with a guy that I've just always been a big fan of. Uh, you can't go wrong. Uh, I've got two stud, big t- touchdown dependent wide receivers. Let me go get somebody that I can really trust. Um, and that is going to be my man, Brandon Cooks from the Houston Texans. So, Brandon Cooks, I, you know what. I do like that pick, and uh, I, I think that is good value, um, definitely. And depending on where you where you look at, we you're picking him at uh, uh, pick number what is that uh, forty eight or not like fifty Five. something? Yeah, fifty five. That's a great great pick for Brandon Cooks. It really gives definitely gives you that uh, uh, that floor that you need. Uh, he's definitely going to be active and a wide receiver one there. It's a, a good. 
definitely good pick. And now we're seeing as they come up to uh, Uncle Tony drafting, the wide receivers are flying off the board as we've seen nothing but uh, wide receivers and now a quarterback coming off before we get there. So after Brandon Cooks, Amon Ra St. Brown, Adam Thielen, Allen Robinson, and then our next quarterback on the board, Joe Burrow, uh, is now gone. Thank goodness I didn't have to think about that <laughs> having three Bengals. That that would have been yeah, a, been, that would have been an issue. It's been a while. Uh, that then you could say, Tony, you that's that's messed up. <laughs> uh, so, um, but uh, Jake, tell me about those picks going through there. What which one of those do you like the best of those uh, wide receivers that just came off the board? Yeah, I think I think I'm liking Allen Robinson the best. Uh, I just, I don't know. I'm not I'm not on this Vikings hype train. I I like Allen Adam Thin as wide receiver. He's been great his whole career. But I think I, I like Allen Robinson being tied to the Rams offense and tied to that division playing against the AFC West. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown. I think we he was not nothing to take away from him, but he might have been a product of the situation. Um, just with what happened to him last year. So I, I don't think he returns as much value this year as he did last year, especially with him going before Thielen and Robinson. And I was actually liking that that three running back team there at pick six. I think this is the one year that you can truly do that and it'd be not as risky as before. Um, just because of the zone we're talking about, we're in here now, you're not seeing a lot of running backs going. Um, so if he would have taken Allen Robinson there, I think he would have been in pretty good shape. But um, no, I like Robinson the most. And Burrow, I mean, he he's getting in that Patrick Mahomes range where he's a he's a swag guy, fun guy. People want to watch him. Um, but it's just not the good value I see here in the fifth round for me. I'm with you. I'm with you. And so uh, no doubt about it. I, I'm with you here. So now um, – so I'm here at five uh, ten, and this is where sometimes being on the end makes you think about different things. So I know what I'm looking at here, and so I know that I want to take a quarterback in the next two rounds, and I know that there's already one quarterback off the board uh, for Team 12. Team 11 doesn't have one. So if I'm comfortable with one of two quarterbacks here, I feel pretty good of skipping the quarterback on this particular run. And uh, for this for this pick and take him on the on the six, because I know when I get back to seven, one of those one of those top tier quarterbacks probably off the board based upon the way things are drafting. So this is where I kind of that's where you kind of got to change your change your strategy based upon what may be happening on the board. Normally, I would not be looking for a quarterback here until round seven or eight. But we've seen the top six. uh, uh, Yeah, the top six or seven come off the board here. So now I'm down to hey I want to leave with one of these guys and uh, and uh, that's where we want to that's that's where we want to be so um, so now I've got to decide on the position and now I am probably looking over to these uh, uh, wide receivers and like you said it's it's I think there's one or two left in this golden uh, in this golden tier. Uh, that's just about run out and one. Uh, the two that I'm really looking at right here is how comfortable am I going with Michael Thomas or how comfortable am I going with Marquise Brown? And so now I've got to decide for me, you know, they're, they're close enough together in that tier. Uh, I could even consider Chris Godwin. Uh, but with Chris Godwin, I still have, I may not have him full speed for two or three weeks. Michael Thomas has been full speed, but is he back to full speed? 
you know, you've got to really think about that. And looking up at the rest of my team, I do have J.K. Dobbins, who has been an injury risk. So do I want to put another one on the team or not? Uh, so I I really think Marquise Brown has been under the radar. And it, and for the speed that he possesses without DeAndre Hopkins for six weeks, um, yeah, he's he got him a ticket in the desert. Uh, and maybe things haven't started out the way he wanted them to. But they went and got him for a reason. And uh, I, I really, I really like the possibilities of him uh, being in one of my flex positions uh, and moving forward. So I think that there's a, you know, I know I won't see Michael Thomas come back around. I'm probably going to stay away from Chris Godwin. Amari Cooper would have been a great pick here, but I just can't trust the Cleveland offense right now. Uh, so I don't want him as uh, that wide receiver one. And then as I flow back down through there, the rest of those uh, wide receivers, the next tier, I think I'll have a chance at the next go around. So for me, I'm going to go ahead and, and pull the trigger on um, my main man, Marquise Brown. All right. Well, that's uh yeah, I, I'm happy with that Marquise Brown pick. So we're going to come around there and we're at the end of the fifth round uh, coming around the turn. And um, like I talked about, you know, taking Marquise Brown there instead of the quarterback. Sure enough, Jalen Hurts goes next uh, to the 11 team. And then uh, Michael Thomas, the other wide receivers thinking about there. And then Gabriel Davis uh, comes around the turn. I'm not sure about that pick. But then Elijah Mitchell uh, with uh, the 11, which brings me back and leaves me with, okay, I had two quarterbacks there to look at. So I am going with Russell Wilson. I like Russell this year. You know, we're still in that tier of quarterbacks that can make a difference. Uh, <clears throat> we're not going to be uh, coming down in there, but it's normally we wouldn't be looking at quarterbacks. I normally don't look at quarterbacks uh, in this round uh, because, uh, you know, you want to kind of get them a little later, seventh, eighth, ninth, unless you're getting one of those top five. But the way this draft has broken, sometimes you have to, like we said, change that, uh, change that perspective and make sure you get that. So Russell Wilson goes there. Anything you – Anything you say there, Jake? What do you think? No, yeah, I think I really like the pick. So I think it was somebody that I was definitely targeting for my next pick. So I'm uh, I'm not happy you took him, but that's all right. I understand it. I think it's a great pick. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Well, we'll keep rolling down the six. We're now into the sixth round here, uh, the 604. Uh, uh-oh. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster. Then Clyde Edwards Elaire. Uh, those might have been targets for, for crazy legs there. Uh, then Dalton Schultz. Uh, then Tom Brady, a uh, quarterback, goes uh, again in front of uh, in front of Jake. And then that, that brings Jake online. And so here you are, Jake, in the middle of sixth round. What are you looking at? Yeah, I was pretty much looking at everybody that just went except Dalton Schultz. So <laughs> this is a... <laughs> a little tough for me because they've put me in the spot that I don't want to be in, which is I'm staring down a great value pick in A.J. Dillon, I think, in the sixth round. The only problem is I got his teammate already in the second round with Aaron Jones. So um, this is a tough decision for me here because I'm looking really at A.J. Dillon um, or maybe then dropping a couple tiers down for the next running back, at least in my rankings, or going wide receiver. But I'm already stacked at wide receiver, um, and I, I think I'm – I'm pretty close to the bottom of being in the top and the QB range. I think by now they've all pretty much stacked up together. Um, so I'm going to actually go ahead and select AJ Dillon and run with the pair of green Bay Packer running backs. 
That's interesting. Uh, you know, we talked earlier uh, when uh, I took T. Higgins to go with Joe Mixon, and we talked about how wide receiver uh, running back is a little bit different. And although both these guys are flex worthy, if one turns out to be the lead back and the other one's not, I think you still got enough floor there to get a flex position out of it. But it is, you know, it is sometimes uh, can get you if, you know, you tilt that way and all of a sudden Green Bay is against a defense that's really good against the rush and they're in the air all day or they're behind for a particular game. You can get hurt with that because you don't have that balance. But uh but again, for those two, definitely not a definitely not a, a handcuff and you did get several rounds in between them so so no problems there. I think it's a good pick. Um definitely value there in the 6th round. So, uh after Dylan, we've got <clears throat> we're going around 6 to the 7th, Chris Godwin, then Antonio Gibson, which is interesting uh how that m- may change over the next few days. Uh, Darnell Mooney, then Aaron Rodgers, another quarterback goes. Uh, then we come down to the top of the seventh, uh, Amari Cooper, uh, Devin Singletary. This is where we get into that next uh, tier of uh, running backs. Then Dak Prescott, uh, Rashad Penny, and that brings us back to Prestige Worldwide here at the 705. Uh, any of those guys that just got taken in front of you was a target for you here? Yeah, uh, obviously, I just got done saying I believe that I didn't want to be the last guy to take a QB, and here I am with everybody I've taken <laughs> one. Um, I actually do love Aaron Rodgers and Dak Prescott for value picks this year, especially Aaron Rodgers, probably the best, the lowest you'll probably ever see him get drafted. Um, but I think he is definitely good enough to spread that ball around and still get himself what he needs to be a top a top 10 quarterback in this league for sure, if not top five. Um, and then Amari Cooper is interesting to me just with the Deshaun Watson news. I don't know if I like him as much anymore. I'm kind of staying away from him, but he is a true wide receiver one for that team and will be heavily targeted. Um, Devin Singletary, you just hate that he's not going to get the goal line, but he showed last year at the very end of the year that he has the ability to to put up running back two numbers. And so to get someone like that in the seventh round could be pretty valuable. Um, and then Rashad Penny, I definitely was targeting him right here. thinking he could make it back to me. I like him as a running back, what he showed last year. I liked him coming out of college. So um, I think he's in for a big workload this year when healthy, even with uh, Kenneth Walker. Um, so now here I am in the seventh round. Um, I've, I've gotten a strong core here uh, with three running backs, three wide receivers. It's just typically where I like to be, maybe with just less QBs taken in front of me. Um, but since I am that last guy to take a QB, I feel like I can wait now um, and just take what's given to me here in the later rounds. And the seventh round is where I think tight ends start to actually gain their, a little bit of their value back, um, especially if you can go running back wide receiver heavy in those first six rounds. And so because I know I'm not going to be have the top QB and have that difference maker when I'm playing head-to-head, one difference maker I could possibly have is a tight end. And so I'm going to select here TJ Hawkinson with the Detroit Lions. Interesting pick right there. You know, in this, where you're at right now in the draft, I definitely the best value uh, at the at the uh, tight end there. Some In some cases, he's actually getting, getting projected in that same uh, tier with, uh, believe it or not, George Kittle. I think Kittle has fallen off a little bit over the last couple of years, but Kittle, you know, uh, significantly earlier in this draft in the fourth round, 
uh, for you getting TJ Hawkinson here in the seventh. So I think that's good value. Uh, he burned me last year. I'm, I don't want to talk about him anymore because <laughs> of that, but maybe this is his year since you've got him on that team. So, uh, <clears throat> But definitely the time. Again, right here, this is when you would take the mid-tier uh, tight ends. If you didn't burn for one of the top three there, or top two, as we said in our, our depth, uh, depth chart to, or our um, <clears throat> rankings the other day, this is where you want to take them. So after that, let's see what happens before we get down to uh, Uncle Tony. So we got Jerry Judy, Alan Lazard, Corderell Patterson, uh, Dallas Goddard, and that leaves Uncle Tony on the clock. And I got to tell you, I was really hoping Alan Lazard or Jerry Judy was falling to me here. And now, as much as I think, yeah, I wanted that Russell Wilson pick the way that things fell later on. Um, I sure did want I sure did want Alan Lazard. I think that's a great value pick uh, this year. And so seventh round for the wide receiver one at Green Bay. It's a great value. I, I sure was uh, looking for him to be here, but uh, certainly didn't get him. So that leaves me with um, a guy that I could probably wait on. But, you know, I've just got a good feeling for him. And that's what you've kind of got to do when you're drafting in this backside is sometimes you got to take guys that, you know, are not going to come around the corner. And so looking at <clears throat> the wide receivers and then the running backs, I've got a running back target here that I really like. I know that he, that one of the next two guys and therefore picks is going to take a running back. So to just make sure it doesn't happen, that I get the guy I want, I'm going to take him in a little early, and I'm going to take Chase Edmonds with the Miami Dolphins. I think Chase Edmonds has got a real good chance to be a running back one this year, especially in a PPR league. Uh, and, uh, I, I really like him. Uh, he started to come up some draft boards, uh, because of the way things are shaking out in the preseason. He really is taking a hold of that job and we haven't really seen Raheem Mostert do anything, uh, in camp. And so, uh, I really like Chase Edmonds there. And plus they have an excellent strength of schedule, uh, once I started researching that. So I like Chase Edmonds. What do you think about those, those picks there, Ch uh, Jake? Yeah, I'm a big fan of Chase Edmonds this year. I think if he can be any kind of replica of what the 49ers had in the previous years, bringing that offensive coordinator over there and what they've done fantasy-wise from the running back position. Um, they've definitely put up top 12 numbers from the starting running back there. So if Chase Edmonds can just stay healthy and really, really solidify himself as the RB1 in that system, it's a great pick in this round. Cool. Well, uh, good to know I have validation there. Thank you very much. <laughs> Crazy legs. Uh, well, let's let's make the turn here coming back. And sure enough, there's the next hot topic, Damian Pierce going off the board there at the end of the seventh. Um, and the, if you're drafting into this next weekend or or through the first game of the season, I think Damian Pierce is going to continue to rocket up the boards. Uh, and then we got Hunter Renfro, Rashad Bateman, DeAndre Hopkins were the next uh, set of uh, wide receivers taken. And once again, this is my only regret. I <laughs> DeAndre Hopkins was a target especially in this eighth round, and that's somewhere I could have gone. Now, um, <clears throat> seeing as I had Marquise Brown uh, earlier, I think it would have been a great – you'd say, well, why do you want to take those two? You just talked about Dylan and Jones. But, you know, when you draft and draft for value this late, you know, if Hopkins out for the first six games, you get a chance to say, okay, I'm going to keep one and trade one. Uh, give yourself some leverage. If Marquise Brown has a great first five games uh, to the season – uh, maybe trading him in that sixth week before DeAndre gets back, get you, uh, get you some value before Hopkins is back in the game. But I, I just missed the, this two 
two rounds. I, I missed a little bit, so um, I'm gonna I'm still gonna stay on the uh, wide receiver train now that I've I I feel comfortable uh, where I am with my running backs, and I'm gonna take Christian Kirk, uh, wide receiver one at Jacksonville. Um, there was a little trade, uh, Lavisca Chenault, as we've talked about earlier tonight. Uh, that trade happened. I think that's just solidifying. I'm gonna, I'm gonna follow the green and make. And you, they paid for him. He must be worth it. So uh, I'm gonna take Christian Kirk here, and I think that gives me good value. What, what do you think about? Uh, you probably have something to say about that Pierce pick and, and DeAndre. What do you think? Yeah, they were absolutely targets of mine. I really wish they weren't going as high as they are right now. Thinking, I thought they could definitely make it back to me, but. The word is out on Damian Pierce. Um, I think he is the hot topic there in in Houston. Um, so I'm not shocked he's going this high. I just wish it wasn't happening. Um, and then DeAndre Hopkins, once again, you, I'd like him to slip just a little bit further back to me, maybe even another round where he's even a bigger value, especially when you can get him as not one of your starting wide receivers. So you can let him sit on that bench for those first six weeks and he can really come back for you and be a top flex flex position for you, if not one of your starting wide receivers. So really like that yeah. pick. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You know, and we're coming down to the eighth round, so we'll we'll kind of go a little quicker with some of these picks as we go. But right here, I, I find this interesting. Team twelve. I mean, obviously, we're in. A, uh, these guys are auto drafting, but Hunter Renfro and then Rashad Bateman. I, I do like Rashad Bateman as a as a long shot pick here as a wide receiver one to Lamar Jackson. But I'm I just can't get my arms around Hunter Renfro, and uh, and although uh, I just don't, I'm just. Not sure about him. This at this tenth round, sure, but right here, building before you get to your bench level, I'm just not sure about that. Yeah, I agree. I think as someone that had Hunter Renfro late in the year and traded for him late in the year last year, he did really well PPR wise. I think he's a great football player, not even including fantasy. Um, And I think this this is built up mainly because Darren Waller is currently not practicing. Um, now the rumors are it's not for an injury. The rumors are that's for contract negotiations. Um, and if that is the case, that's why I'm staying away from Hunter Renfro. If it is injury related, which I don't think it is, but if it were injury related, that's where he becomes valuable as we saw last year being that true number one target or even the number two with Devonte Adams there. I think he's a PPR machine, still a great route runner. So I don't mind this pick, but you're really banking on Darren Waller not being there at the start of the year. And I think he will be. Yeah, I get you. Okay, well, let's roll on through here. Uh, coming back up through the eighth round, uh, we've got uh, next up Damian Harris, uh, one of those running backs uh, that I was considering there with that uh, late seventh. Then Tyler Lockett, Miles Sanders, uh, Brendan Ayuk, and then leaves us with Prestige, uh, Jake, Crazy Legs. Where are you going here with uh, – with this pick. Yeah, so I, I feel like I'm I'm targeting the running back once again. Just looking at my team, I love the tight end that I just took. Um, and I love my receiving core. I do love my, my, my starting two running backs and then A.J. Dillon there, but I feel like that is the weaker spot of my team, having that combo of Dillon and Jones with no one else still there to maybe pick up that slack. Um, so Damian Harris is definitely one of the, one of the guys I was looking at. Um, to be drafting this slot. I'm not a fan at all of Tyler Lockett, Miles Sanders, or Brandon Ayuk this year. So I'm, I'm happy to see them go in front of me. So right now I'm staring down at probably at two specific guys, uh, one of them being Kareem Hunt and the other one being Tony Pollard. Um, Tony Pollard is definitely the more flashy guy, but I think I'm just a little worried about his floor 
um, especially when Michael Gallup does come back. And if he does get relegated to maybe the fourth receiving option now after CeeDee Lamb, Schultz, and Gallup, if he does become just the fourth receiving option with Elliott being healthy, um, I think he's definitely an efficient runner, but it's just not as safe of a floor as I like that I think Kareem Hunt can give me knowing he's he does get a decent workload, I think, behind Nick Chubb there and being their receiving back. So I think to try to solidify my running back uh, position, I'm going to select Kareem Hunt here. Hmm. Okay. I, and I still that that's good value, especially, you know, there's a there's still a possibility that he's asking for a trade and something happens there. Wouldn't that be cool if he ended up in some place like, oh, Seattle? Um, <laughs> wouldn't that be nice? And uh, uh, But, yeah, I, I <clears throat> definitely value pick there. Uh, so nothing wrong with that. Well, we'll, we'll keep rolling. And sure enough, the next guy up, Tony Pollard just got drafted right behind cream hunt. So good, good look there. Then Ramonde Stevenson, uh, Elijah Moore, Devonte Smith, Drake London. We have a, a rookie off the board. Um, the bills defense, we knew that was going to happen at some point in time, but ladies and gentlemen, don't draft a defense in the first 10 rounds. Don't do it. Just don't do it. Um, then, uh, Robert Woods, uh, then Zach Ertz, and then we're back to crazy legs here. Um, I, I, I suspect that uh, <clears throat> uh, Robert Woods was somebody you were looking at right here. Yeah, I think Robert Woods is going to be great value in most um, drafts this year. I think he's kind of just a forgotten guy with being so quiet in the offseason because not because of him doing anything wrong, but because of Traylon Burks being maybe more of a, I'm not going to say a bust, but definitely the slower start to the, to what everyone projected him to be. Um, for that Titans offense. So I like his value this year. I think he will end up being maybe the true wide receiver one, especially for that first half of the year, while Burks is obviously still figuring it, get his footing underneath him um, in his NFL career. Um, I also like the Drake London pick. I mean, um, I think rookie, everyone, I think everyone should have a rookie this year. And we saw a good group of them come out in the NFL draft this year. Um, so I like a lot of the rookies, especially with their value being so low. Um, but I'm looking at my team here, and obviously I'm still the last one to take a QB. Um, with us doing only 10 rounds, um, I definitely think I need to take one, of course, within those two rounds. And typically I maybe would wait a little bit longer than this in a normal draft just because I am already down here, and I love the tier-based rankings. But I think because of where I am, and who knows if you have some of those assholes in your leagues that I could draft two quarterbacks just to screw yeah. those guys over that don't that try to wait on them too long. Um, yeah, some guy like... Some guy named David. That's yeah, right. That guy. So don't be a David. Um, but <laughs> so because of that, I really feel like I got to target the, the QBs here. And so I'm looking at three specifically, uh, mainly Matt Stafford, Kirk Cousins, and Trey Lance. Um, I think Stafford and Kirk Cousins offer really good floors, very safe. I feel like they both have that potential to finish in the top 12 this year. Obviously, Stafford being part of the Rams office, Kirk Cousins being very consistent, Mr. Safe floor every year. And I like that stack with Justin Jefferson as well. But I think neither of them offer the ceiling that Trey Lance could have with his rushing ability and just sheer athleticism. And with me being so low um, and the picking of the tight ends here, I really need to target that ceiling, I think, to try to make up for that. So I'm going to select Trey Lance. Very good. Uh I, I I agree with that. I agree with that. And uh, and there have been drafts where I've seen him go a little earlier. There is a lot of uh, what ifs around Trey Lance. And so, good pick. Well, here we go. This last coming down. Uh, this last uh, round and a half. So after Trey Lance, Dawson Knox, another tight end goes. Uh, uh, Kenneth Walker uh, is next. Then Melvin Gordon. 
our good buddy Melvin, uh, Chase Claypool, and then that leaves uh, Uncle Tony on the board. And, and like you said, Jake, you know, if we were going a few few more rounds, this is I, I wouldn't draft this guy here, but I, I just want to put this guy out because I really like him. Uh, I always want a rookie on my team, uh, and uh, especially a rookie wide receiver. And so I will be taking Chris Alave, who I believe is the most – Pro ready wide receiver in this year's rookie draft, and um, <clears throat> with the things that are going on in New Orleans, if Jameis Winston stays healthy, Michael Tucker, uh, Michael um, Thomas, we just don't know about Alvin Kamara. We just should be good to go. But like we said, he's on the downhill slide. I really like Chris Olave in this position, uh, or, or you know, to do well. Like to take him a little later, but want to make sure I get that rookie on there. We get to talk about him, so I'm taking Olave, uh, and then. We'll roll around from there. Uh, from next up, James Cook, who's a rookie running back, somebody we could also could have looked at. But again, like I said, I like to have that rookie wide receiver. Then Mike Gasecki, uh, then Devontae Parker, Justin Tucker, a kicker. And again, like I said, don't take a kicker in your first 10 rounds. Uh, but we did that. So that leaves uh, Uncle Tony uh, with got to take a tight end here. And I'm going to look at. The, the ones available right now, <clears throat> since I do want to take that tight end if I don't wait. And I'm going to go out of limb. And as you, as uh, Jake talked about earlier uh, with Trey Lance, I'm going to go for the ceiling here. And I'm going to take Cole Komet, who, if he'll just score a damn touchdown, is going to be a top 10 top ten tight end. And so that's what we're wanting to get right here. And and those are those are going to be your least the, – the position that scores the least for you. Like I said, unless you got Travis Kelsey or Mark Andrews. And so I got no problem with Cole Komet right here. So, um, I, Jake, anything you want to add to Cole Komet? Nope. He's just – I believe in him. He's the man this year. He's my guy. I'm, I'm going to trust him. I just catch some damn touchdowns. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's right. Well, we're going to finish up here in the bottom of uh, the 10th round, uh, finishing it up. So we've got uh, uh, the Rams defense going next. Brian Robinson, which I think is a great pick. Now, unfortunately, you know, we uh, told you that news of uh, we, we just don't know what uh, condition, Brian. We will help him for the best. Then DJ Chark. Uh, then Kadarius Tony right before uh, Crazy Legs. And so, uh, Jake, you're back on your board with the last pick. Who are you going to take, man? Yeah, so I now have my QB, my tight end. I'm pretty balanced uh, with all my starters. Um, so, I really opened opened it up for me to, for the rest of this way to really just start taking. I think my favorite, my guys are the best available, um, and so somebody I really like right here, especially knowing being a little biased here, but I really want a piece of that Chiefs offense. Um, Juju Smith-Schuster going about four rounds in front of this guy, um, so I like the value here with him being getting paid like he's the wide receiver one, working on the outside of Patrick Mahomes has the athletic ability uh, if he can just put it together with his hands. We'll see. But I'll take a piece of it, and I'll take Marquez Valdez Scantling. MBS baby, I can. Hey, nothing wrong with that right here. I, I, it makes makes perfect sense as you go out. Well, uh, good pick. So we finish out this this mock draft uh, through ten rounds. Uh, James Robinson, which I think is a great pick there. Uh, next, someone I would have I was considering a couple rounds ago. 
Uh, and then George Pickens, another uh, wide receiver. If it wasn't for the fact he has Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool in front of him, maybe one of the most athletic wide receivers out there and be able to do some damage. Then Sky Moore, another rookie. And then the 49ers defense rounds out this 10-round mock draft. So let's roll through these teams for you, shall we? So uh, Crazy Legs has got Justin Jefferson, Aaron Jones, James Conner, Cortland Sutton, Brandon Cooks, A.J. Dillon, T.J. Hawkinson, Kareem Hunt, Trey Lance, and Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Who's your favorite draft pick? Yeah, I, I think Cortland Sutton is still my guy. He's my favorite draft pick, I think, of all this. Love getting him in those fourth or fifth rounds, if possible, um, to not be your wide receiver one, but surely can dominate like one on the field. So uh, I love Cortland Sutton in that value. There you go. Well, Uncle Tony has Joe Mixon, C.D. Lamb, T. Higgins, J.K. Dobbins, Marquise Brown, Russell Wilson, Chase Edmonds, Christian Kirk, Chris Olave, and Cole Komet. And I think for me, my favorite pick, the one I think that I, is the best value is Chase Edmonds at the seven, in the seventh round. He, he, a pure, uh, certainly an RB1. He's not a three-down uh, three back by any stretch, but could be. Uh, the majority get the majority of the touches there. I like that, and then I still I still like the old T Higgins pick too. I I gotta say, gotta say. Well, that was that's it for a for our mock draft. Jake, what'd you think? I was think that fun? was great. Yeah, that was a good time. It was awesome. It was awesome. Hopefully, this helps some folks out with uh, the drafts that's coming up for you. Um, as we said, be good, be good at it. We'll be posting this uh, with our good our good buddies over at JPP. Just press play, see if they can get this on their Facebook so you can see see this uh see this board and see what you think about it. We uh we welcome any any and all comments. So uh with that, Jake, I believe we're out. Peace. Cash out. That worked pretty well.